your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Now, Professor Philip Nolan, Director General of Science Foundation Ireland these days, is in Limerick today. Professor Nolan became a very familiar face from the daily TV press conferences during the COVID-19 pandemic. And he's giving a keynote address at the University of Limerick Research Week event today. And he is on the line now. You're very welcome. Uh, Good morning Morning, to you. Good morning, Joe. How are you? So just as a general point, how do you feel we are living with COVID now? You know, the government were at pains to point out that when they uh, removed the last uh, of uh, the health restrictions, uh, that we were moving to a new phase, that it hadn't gone away. So what's your assessment? So, yeah, and if I may, just at the beginning, that, that is great news about the Telegraph. When I was a, a young doctor and young researcher, I used the equipment all the time. Uh, and my role at the moment is as Director General of our Science and Engineering Research Funding Agency. Um, and many of our graduates will uh, go on to work in companies such as Vitalograph. So that's great news. Where are we on COVID? Um, um, I'm down here as part of the University of Limerick Research Week, and it's an opportunity to acknowledge something very important. Uh, the University of Limerick played a central role in developing the models that you became so familiar with over the last two years and in particular Professor James Gleeson in the University of Limerick and his colleague Professor Paul Walsh, they were really central to that. And where we are now is is something that they would have predicted, which is we're coming to the end, uh, the slow end of a wave of BA2. Um, our very high levels of vaccination and very high levels of immunity in the population. I mean, we are seeing a lot of infections, and um, um, but the, the harm caused by those infections, the level of severe disease, uh, remains modest. I think the important thing now is we are we are all getting on with our lives. Um, it is important uh, any of us who are vulnerable, anybody who's concerned, that we consider uh, wearing a face mask in in, in crowded places. Um, uh, but the the thing we really need to do now is sustain investment in research and sustain investment in public health so that we're vigilant. Um, I'm not saying that a new variant will emerge that will cause us. Uh, trouble in the future. We, we can't know that, but we need to remain on the lookout for it. I hope it doesn't happen, uh, but remain on the lookout. So we're doing well. Uh, we are, broadly speaking, where we and government expected us to be. Um, and the important thing now is to maintain that preparedness uh, in our public health system, invest in our public health doctors. Um, uh, public health Midwest, Midwest has been outstanding in the course of this pandemic under the leadership of May Mannix. We need to continue to invest in people like her. We need to continue to invest in systems and keep a lookout. Um, um, and, and, of course, having that system in place protects us from other things. You'd have heard about the, uh, the, the cases of hepatitis in children in different parts of the world. We need public health systems and public health doctors not only to protect us from uh, covid but to protect us from a very wide range of illnesses. Yeah. Uh, indeed, and I know Dr. Catherine Motherway is one of the speakers uh, today, yeah. and we've often spoken to her ahead of the Intensive Care Unit University Hospital Limerick, and uh, you mentioned uh, Dr. May uh, Mannix, now consultant, um, Director yeah. of Public Health in the HSC Midwest, who we've uh, chatted to an awful lot on this show, I can tell you, over the last couple of years um, uh, as well. Uh, but, uh, Philip, I suppose, I think a lot of people listening, I found this myself, this part of COVID-19 is very difficult to chart 
in our yeah. personal lives, you know, what to do, what not to do, where to go, where not to go, the choices that you know, we now need to make as adults. Yeah, I mean, I think I think uh, I appreciate it's difficult. We we are living now with a respiratory viral illness um, that that isn't causing very high levels of harm, and yet we're we're, we're very conscious of it. Whereas in the past, we wouldn't be have been as conscious of flu or RSV or those other viruses that would have been uh, circulating in the community. We would have known that a small number of people got very seriously ill, but the rest of us would simply have gone about our daily lives and put up. Uh, uh, with the occasional dose of, as we would call it, the flu. Um, I, th- I think in terms of advising people on how to chart their daily lives, I think there's only two things that, that, that we should really think about. We should think about vaccination, and, and in particular, as has as just happened, where NIAC is recommending that a certain cohort of people become vaccinated, that we should, and we always have, uh, get vaccinated, that protects us. Coming into next winter, um, I've certainly, I, up to now, for instance, even though perhaps I should have, I haven't got the winter flu vaccination. You know, I'm 55, I have asthma, I probably should. But I ask people to think about, you know, we're probably less uh, protected against flu in, in coming into next winter than we have been in, 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 uh, because of the uh, public health measures during the pandemic, the levels of flu were low. So first of all, think about vaccination. And secondly, um, I still wear a mask on public transport, largely to protect me. Um, uh, I don't want to get COVID. Um, uh, I, I don't want to be sick with it, uh, but also to protect others. Mm-hmm. But apart from that, um, and, and the, sorry, the third thing I should say is, if you have symptoms, stay home. It may not be COVID, it may be some other respiratory viral illness, but why would you want to spread that? Because you could spread that to somebody vulnerable. Yeah. So stay, stay home, get vaccinated, stay home, yeah. symptomatic, right. wear a mask if you, if you, if you feel you should. And, and as a matter of interest, I mean, we've talked to lots of people, myself included, who've got caught with COVID in this wave. So you, you, yeah. you have managed to avoid it. Uh, uh, no, I didn't actually. Um, uh, I, I, I got a, 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 the Delta variant in November. Um, and I, I self-isolated and so on, but didn't talk about it too much at the time because we were in the middle of, of we were in the middle of the pandemic at that stage. It wouldn't have helped anybody to know that I had it. Uh, but no, I didn't. I didn't escape it, um, uh, I, uh, and I wasn't going out much at the time. Um, but I didn't escape it. I think I think there is a certain sense of inevitability that most of us would probably be exposed to this virus at some point over the next few months or years. And how did your body cope with it, just as a matter of interest? I know it was the Delta, you said, and it's more the Omicron now. Yeah, it, it, was, it, it, was, it was grim, I have to say. It's, it's not... Um, you, it, it's, it's interesting. I think I could tell that my body was coping with something that my immune system hadn't experienced before. I was vaccinated, so I was... I, the, the overriding feeling was a sense of great good fortune that I had that vaccine. Um, I, I, I think I might well have ended up, because, because of my asthma, uh, quite ill um, if I had not been vaccinated. Right. So uh, the first thing that struck me was I just, you know, thank, thank, thank research for the vaccine. The sort of people that we fund in Science Foundation Ireland were involved in developing that vaccine, and I was fortunate to have it. Um, but even with the vaccination, it was, it was, a, 
it lay below for a few days. Mm, but, yeah. but and it's, it's interesting to hear lo- lots of people that you chat to now, even about Omicron, the, the various ways it impacts people. You know, I, 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 yeah. I was saying last week, I was lucky in that, fortunately, it was mild. Even in my own house, there, there were variances in how it affected people. Then I've spoken to other people, and even with Omicron and all the vaccinations, it, it can still linger for them. Yes. And, and I think one of the things that I'd ask people to do in reflecting on that, because I, I do appreciate we've been so fearful of this virus for two years um, that for people like me to be reassuring people to say, look, it's OK, you're vaccinated, it's a particular variant, we can start to move on here. But cast your mind back to 2018, 2019, when there would be something going around uh, and and think about how quickly it would spread in society. You know, you'd hear about person A having it on Monday and person B, C and D would have it on Wednesday or Thursday. And and again, there'd be a spectrum of responses. Um, some people would just have the sniffles and other people would be laid up for several days. But I do take the point, um, particularly with this novel virus, um, uh, there is a suggestion that there are, there are persistent symptoms in a significant group of people. And I have to say, only time is going to tell. Again, you get that with, you, you cast your mind back a couple of years and pe- some people would say, Chuck, I had a dose of the flu three weeks ago and I still haven't gotten over it. Um, so that's not unusual um, with respiratory viral illnesses to have persistent fatigue um, uh, uh, for, for several months, for instance. But that said, uh, one of the things that we're going to have to study very carefully um, over the coming years is the concept of that long COVID, understand what it is, understand the full spectrum of, of, of severity. Um, and see are there things that we need to do for specific goals to support them. And, and before I let you go, Professor Philip Nolan, you're at the University of Limerick today. Um, yeah. How did you cope yourself with becoming well-known in, 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 in a way that, you know, you would never have envisaged in your professional career? And, and I'm not only talking about criticism, you know, people yeah. saying this and that and the next thing and modelling this and all that stuff. But I'm actually just talking about the fact you're walking down the street and people are recognising you. Yeah, I have to say, um, well, first of all, it was a privilege. I mean, I say that genuinely. I, I, you know, it was exhausting. It was draining. But fundamentally, to be able to help in this way was a great privilege. The second thing I have to say is, I, I don't know what it is about our culture, but Irish people are incredibly gentle and respectful and courteous. So I, 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 I get very little of that kind of... People may recognise me. Uh, very few people say anything or acknowledge it in any way. And those that do, uh, t- 100% of them, and I've had criticism online, I've had understandable criticism in public through the media, um, but on a personal level, I've had nobody come up to me other than to say uh, thank you. And that actually means a lot. Um, so it's been an interesting experience, as you say. I never expected it, but fundamentally it's a privilege. And, I mean, one of the things that's been remarkable about this pandemic is the way Irish people have pulled together, even um, when when things are very difficult. 
And that shines through in a kind of supportive response when it comes to, to being recognised. And, and obviously as someone who was on Nefes uh, throughout this period of time, and there were many members of uh, Nefes, some were high profile like you, others you rarely if ever appeared in, in the media. But when you got this characterisation of uh, Nefes that came up from time to time as, as, you know, this body attempting to control all our lives, how did you feel about that? Um, I, I, I honestly say that didn't bother me or, or us. I mean, one of the things that we knew was there was a very diverse spectrum of expertise and opinion on Nefesh. You know, that there were mental health experts, there were um, uh, people with concern for women's health, um, uh, th- there were scientists, uh, there were behavioural scientists, there were people with a background in psychiatry, there were people with a background in virology. So it was a very diverse group. So we kind of felt that that criticism, that perhaps we were too narrow, was unfair. But honestly, the engagement between NEFA and government was, you know, we had to lay out the facts as we saw them. We couldn't be certain about everything. We had to make judgment calls. We had to lay out the facts. I mean, if you look at the international response, our government was... They they engaged very rigorously with that, you know. Um, sometimes they disagreed with us. Sometimes they got frustrated. Um, uh, uh, all of that was was understandable. But when I pull back from it, uh, what I have to say about our political system is they sat down as a cabinet and they did their very best to understand the science, to understand the modelling. Um, uh, and, and to reach some sensible recommendations and, and decisions. And, and if when you're making hard decisions, frustrations and differences of opinion are normal. Um, and I think when we saw that kind of one side giving out about the other kind of thing, it was simply an expression of that. These were hard decisions. They were hard to make. They were sometimes unpopular. Um, and understandably the frustration of the occasion boiled over. Okay, and, and finally, Professor Philip Nolan, your address today at the University of Limerick as part of uh, um, Research Week is learning from the pandemic, the power of data in public health. Presumably you don't mean just today, which you mean for years and decades to come. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think three simple things to say. I really do want to say a thank you to colleagues in, in the University of Limerick. They were really outstanding. The case I'll make today is that we need to invest in research for public health, we need to invest in public health itself, and we need to bring those two communities together so that they collaborate and work together. That will make for better research, and it will mean the research will have a greater impact on the practice of public health. And you're absolutely right. It's looking to the future, and not just for future pandemics, but how can we improve population health broadly by bringing research and public health together in, 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 in closer collaboration. All right. Well, listen, thank you very much uh, for talking to us this morning. That is Professor Philip Nolan, who's now Director General of Science Foundation Ireland, but he's in Limerick today uh, to address an event as part of Research Week at the University of Limerick. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.